Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Welcome back. Another week of Shit Talk. And I'm so excited for today's topic. I find this is one of the most predictable topics. Um, You know, holidays are an annual thing. And we know when they're coming. We know what dates they are. And we know typically who we're going to see who we don't like, the foods, the alcohol, all of it that's coming our way. We know that. So holidays can be really polarizing. I find people love them or hate them. They can, of course, be very stressful for a a plethora of reasons, financially, magnifying feelings of loss, the stress that comes with holiday eating and drinking, and of course, family time. Um, You know, we all have that one dickhead aunt or the cousin who won't stop with the prying questions. So Holidays can induce anxiety and stress for many. Like I said before, they're polarizing. So there are the people that love the family time, love the tradition, don't get as stressed, and that's amazing. Either way, most people fall within one of these two stances. And even if you love the holidays, which of course I hope you do, the constant socializing and parties can take their toll on you and your wellness. There's later nights, you have less free time for yourself, your workouts, your self-care. There's pressure to say yes to everything. And, you know, people get caught up in offending others. They don't want to decline an invitation or, you know, refuse food. Your aunt's special apple pie or um, grandma's brisket, whatever it is, people get pressure on them for all sorts of reasons. And piggybacking off of that, there's richer foods, there is more celebrating, and there's usually more alcohol. So all of that combined with the fact that we oftentimes have less time for ourselves, our workout routines, our self-care, this can knock people off track, especially if we have multiple events, which let's be honest, a lot of us have There's a holiday work party. There's your friend's party. There's your grandma's party. There's the family house gathering. Like there's so many things back to back and it's so easy to get derailed just from a busy two weeks. So I'm going to break this shit down. How do we stay on track while still enjoying ourselves? And these can be used all year. Specifically now I'm speaking about holiday time and holiday parties. So I've got five tips for you. Listen up. Number one, do not skip eating. And do not undereat all day in anticipation for a meal or a party. In fact, start your day solid. I can tell you skipping meals almost always backfires. Several studies have shown that skipping breakfast actually leads to overeating later on in the day and as well as increased cravings. But specifically what I'm talking about here is overeating. People subconsciously overcompensate for their calories when they skip a meal and they think, oh, you know, I didn't have breakfast, so... I can have two pieces of pie instead of one. And they end up eating more overall. Another thing to remember is when you don't start the day off strong to stabilize your blood sugar, you are more inclined to have that initial spike first thing, which then sets you up for the roller coaster throughout the day, which can lead to more cravings and an increased appetite. So start your day strong. Start with the protein, fiber, and healthy fats. Those are the most satiating nutrients. They help support blood sugar levels. And for those of you who don't know, so when we talk about blood sugar, blood glucose, that impacts your mood and your energy levels. So starting the day off strong, supporting that blood sugar from the get-go, also supporting your mood and energy, because let's be honest, a low mood or low energy can also lead us to reach for less healthy food. Another thing to note is that 
these satiating nutrients, protein, fiber, and healthy fats, they also help reduce cravings later on in the day because they induce satiety and support your blood sugar levels. So that's something really important to consider when you have a party or an event later on in the day. How do you want to feel going into that party? You don't want to be hungry. You don't want to be hangry. You don't want to be irritable. You want to feel, I want to say, you want to feel stable. Of course you want to feel stable, but you want stable blood sugar levels. You want stable, solid energy, a high mood, and you want to feel like you're going in tip top. High sugar, high carb breakfasts, like waffles, pancakes, a sugary yogurt or sugary smoothie, these send your blood sugar levels on a roller coaster from the start of your day. These foods spike your blood sugar. Then, of course, insulin is released to drop it back down. And when your blood sugar drops, your appetite increases in order to seek out glucose to raise it back to a stable level. So this is oftentimes what we call it a roller coaster. It's ongoing, and especially when you start your day off with carbs or simple sugar, it immediately goes up, the insulin has to bring it back down, and then it's low and you're hungry, so you eat again to get it back up, and then it comes back down. And it's like, it's literally a roller coaster. You don't want that. You want it to be as stable as fucking possible. Let's avoid that roller coaster for your blood sugar, your energy, and your mood, and your appetite, and start the day strong. Don't skip your meal. Start it with the protein, fiber, and healthy fats, and be stable all day long, and ideally you know, for your entire life. But as we, many of us know, no, no one's actually stable for the whole life. But that's why it's so important to start the day with these satiating nutrients. And another thing, thing to note, you know, the reason why protein oftentimes, you know, high protein diets increase your protein. Protein, like I said, it induces satiety. It's one of those nutrients people can easily reduce their overall caloric intake when they increase protein because they are fuller for longer. They actually just eat less overall. And I find it to be more encouraging instead of looking at it as like I'm cutting calories or I'm restricting, you're increasing your protein. So like as a human being, most people, you know, bigger is better. We want more. So rather than looking at it as like, I need to restrict my calories. I try to frame it to people as why don't you look at it as increasing your satiating nutrients, protein, fiber, healthy fats, because in the end, odds are you're going to consume less calories overall because you're going to be fuller for longer and more satiated. And we all like looking at what we can have, not what we can't have. And just for reference, the AMDRs for protein, or that's the acceptable macronutrient distribution range, it's 10 to 35% of your total calories. I encourage people to aim for the higher end, especially when you're ramping up for this holiday season and the parties. Aim for that 35% of your calories. Aim for 40% if you want. Everyone's different, of course. We all have different needs. See what works for you, but that's just to put it into perspective. And in terms of some breakfasts or, you know, maybe it's not a breakfast, maybe it's like a brunch if you break at like 11, 11, 30, 12. These are some of my favorite breakfast brunch ideas, rich in protein, fiber, healthy fats. Great way to start your day. And they're pretty simple. So one is a veggie scramble. Um, any veggies you like, spinach, pepper, broccoli, I don't care. Get some greens in there. There's your fiber. And then you're getting protein and healthy fat from the egg. A second one I like is avocado toast on a seed bread with an egg on top. Lots of healthy fats from avocado as well as the seeds found in seed bread. It doesn't have to be seed bread. I like seed bread because it's higher in protein, it's higher in fiber, and it's high in healthy fats because the majority of the ingredients are some form of seeds. If you don't like seed bread, you know, you can do a whole wheat or whole grain bread. Just do not do white bread. Simple white bread, that's what spikes your blood sugar. We definitely don't want that. So 
healthy fats from the avocado, healthy fats and fiber and protein from the seed bread, and you're also getting healthy fats and protein from the egg on top. A third option is overnight oats with a protein powder and or chia seeds. So this is great for on the go. If you want to do meal prep, you do it the night ahead. If it's something you take with you to work, you're commuting, whatever. Um, choose your unsweetened liquid, whether it's whether it's water or whether it's unsweetened almond milk, regular milk, whatever it is, make sure it doesn't have added sugars. And I always like to put chia seeds in mine, as you know from episode one, love chia seeds, love a small ba- smooth bowel movement. They're really filling. They help keep you hydrated, good source of fiber and protein. And I also encourage people to add in a protein powder. That's because oats are starchy. They're high in carbs. And if you're starting your day with them, like I've already discussed, we don't want that spike. So when you have carbs with protein, fiber, healthy fats, those take longer for the body to actually digest. It actually helps slow the rise of your blood sugar. So having oats alone, like it's not the end of the world. I don't recommend it though. I say if you're going to do overnight oats, put in those chia seeds for the fiber protein, healthy fats, and add in a scoop of protein powder. Find a a flavor that you like and mix it all up. Put it in the fridge. When you wake up the next day, it's ready to go. If you don't want the oats, you can just do this with a chia seed pudding as well. And lastly, um, a high-protein yogurt is a good option. Always unsweetened, but something like a Greek or Icelandic yogurt. Pair it with your favorite fruit. I like berries. They taste delicious. They are higher in fiber and lower in sugar. So those are some great breakfast ideas or options if you're looking for this satiety-inducing, blood sugar-stabilizing meal that I'm referring to as to how to start your day instead of skipping it, which never works. My second point, which I'm sure many of you can already guess, water. Water, water, water. Go into these events and go into this party hydrated. If you think for two seconds you're stepping that Louboutin heel into that party dehydrated and you're going to wake up the next morning feeling okay, you're a complete idiot. We all know you're going to feel like shit. Go in hydrated. Make sure you've had your minimum amount, you know, the half your body weight in ounces of water for that day at least and set yourself up for success. Alcohol inhibits your body's production of a hormone called vasopressin. It's also used interchangeably with antidiuretic hormone. Vasopressin signals to your kidneys to retain water, and it's used to help maintain water and electrolyte balance in the body. Because vasopressin is suppressed when you drink alcohol, your kidneys end up excreting more water and you pee more, which leads to fluid loss, which leads to dehydration. And I encourage you to pay attention to this next time you're drinking. Are you peeing more? Probably yes. As we know from episode one, when the body's dehydrated, so now you're drinking alcohol, vasopressin is inhibited, you're peeing more, you're you're on your way to dehydration and you're and if you come in already dehydrated, that's why this is so problematic because you're just going to further dehydrate. That's why I literally have no tolerance for that. You can control your water, drink the goddamn water, go into the event hydrated. Okay, I'm off done with that rant. Okay. You're you're dehydrated from the vasopressin inhibition from alcohol. Your body is excreting more fluids, you're peeing. As we know from episode 1, When the body's dehydrated, it enters survival mode and will resort to automatic survival mechanisms that miraculously the body can do. But in this instance, I'm referring to the body's ability to increase another hormone called aldosterone. This is a hormone responsible for electrolyte balance and specifically retaining sodium. So when the body retains sodium, it also retains water. This is why oftentimes after a night of drinking, you're dehydrated, but people may wake up bloated 
they have thicker fingers, like your rings are tighter or your feet are swollen. This is due to the increase in aldosterone. I recognize this might be confusing. So just to summarize, vasopressin, an antidiuretic hormone, is inhibited by alcohol, meaning we pee more and excrete more fluids when we're drinking alcohol. Yet, due to losses from this, our survival mode kicks in, ramps up the aldosterone release, and this increases our sodium and water retention. So we're excreting more urine due to vasopressin being inhibited. But then, because we're excreting more and we're dehydrated, our body starts retaining more sodium and therefore more water from the aldosterone, which may lead to the bloat many experience after drinking. I'm mentioning this because, one, it's just important to know, and two, this is shit talk. I'm all about gut health, bloat, digestion. This may not necessarily be bloat in your stomach. This could be anywhere. Like I said, some people in their fingers, in their ankles, in their feet. A lot of people will experience it in their stomachs. But this is one of the main reasons you wake up bloated. And if you have a week or a weekend ahead of you of events and you need to look good and you need to fit into that dress, you sure as fuck don't want your vasopressin and your aldosterone out of whack because then you're going to be bloated all week. This is why. Again, it's so important to start off hydrated, setting yourself up for success. And this is also just something to keep in mind when you are drinking. You know, it's easy to lay it out like, oh, drinking is bad for you. Obviously, it's bad. We all know that. I find when I break it down and actually describe to people the changes in their hormones from the alcohol, it has a much more heavy impact or it has a much more clear indication to them as to all the changes that come from this alcohol. And obviously, you go to a party, have a drink, have two drinks, whatever. When you, when you, you know, the more you drink, the more it's throwing these things out of whack. So that's just something to keep in mind. My next point about water is electrolytes. Prepare for electrolyte depletion that you're going to experience due to alcohol consumption at these parties. So you may or may not know this, our bodies need electrolytes to actually aid in alcohol metabolism. Specifically, they're used in helping to convert alcohol as a toxin into compounds our body can manage that are, you know, I guess non-toxic. So drinking alcohol depletes these electrolytes faster due to their role in alcohol metabolism. And low electrolytes is another reason why you may experience a hangover or a more severe hangover. So that said, Make sure you use a product like Noon, spelled N-U-U-N, I'll link it in the show notes, or Liquid IV, or some sort of powdered added electrolyte product before drinking, and also I encourage it before bed. So personally, my routine, I'll drop a Noon around 3, 4 p.m. Um, obviously, I've already hit my water goal for that day, but I'll drop it around 3, 4 p.m. if I know I'm going to say like a 7 or 8 o'clock party or holiday event, whatever it is. So I go in there. I know I've got some extra electrolytes. I know I am ready to go. Before I leave, I will make sure I have a glass of water with a noon in it and it's refrigerated. So when I get home, especially if, you know, you're buzzed or drunk, I don't need to think about it. It's made and I chug that thing before bed. One, getting some water in and two, getting those electrolytes in because like I said, they deplete much more quickly when you've had pet alcohol because your body actually uses, utilizes them as coenzymes and cofactors in the process of metabolizing alcohol. So you know, drink water. If the absolute minimum, drink water. If you can add in some sort of electrolyte supplement, even better. And this brings me to my third point, another thing to add into your water, apple cider vinegar. One of my favorite tools in my toolbox. I use it every day. 
all day and I just love it. But anyway, so there's many benefits that have been shown from adding apple cider vinegar to water. I recommend one tablespoon for 12 ounces. It's very strong, highly acidic. It can damage tooth enamel. So it's not recommended to drink it straight. And, you know, most people can't even stomach it straight, but it's recommended to mix it into water. Studies have shown that apple cider vinegar has actually helped reduce blood glucose levels and therefore also insulin levels after a starchy meal. Because it helps reduce a spike in your blood sugar seen after we consume simple sugars or high carbs, it's also been reported that it has helped reduce appetite and reduce cravings, which as we know, your appetite and cravings can go haywire when your blood sugar levels are going haywire. So because apple cider vinegar is helping control your blood sugar levels, we see less of the crazy appetite switches and less of the crazy cravings that can come later on when your blood sugar is on that roller coaster. And personally, like I said, I use it every day. I put it in from, um, you know, the get-go from the morning. And if you really hate it, I would say just start your day off with it, put it in the water, drink it. You don't have to add it every single time you drink water like I do. Maybe I'm insane, but I find it really has helped with reducing my appetite and just consistent, stable energy levels throughout the day. Another thing I like about it, it encourages you to drink water. Again, minimal effort, add it into the water. It's not a crazy, you know, go dedicate an hour of your day to a fitness class. This is like drop it in your water, or you don't drop it, you pour it in your water, you work on drinking that water all day. And typically minimal effort, and it has a lot of positive impacts. So that's why I love that. And some more shit talk. Let's get into that. So how is apple cider vinegar good for your gut? I buy a brand called Bragg, B-R-A-G-G. I will link it in the show notes. You've probably seen it. It's, I think, as far as I'm concerned, the most popular apple cider vinegar brand. But their product, um, it may look a little cloudy. It's actually, they call it the mother. The mother's referring to the healthy bacteria. That's this like cloudy substance you'll see in there. So it's good for your gut. It's got antioxidants. It's got polyphenols. It is extremely beneficial to your health overall. So get that Bragg apple cider vinegar, pour a little in your water. Easy, easy, easy. Make that happen. Also, I just want to mention, I feel the need to mention this because everyone's insane these days with instant gratification. We all want instant gratification. We discourage easily. And I'm, I'm sitting here saying adds apple cider vinegar into your water. It's not something that, you know, you can drink it once and it's going to solve all your problems. Commit to it. Be consistent. Start every day with the apple cider vinegar in your water. Start now. Do it daily. Don't just do it the day of that holiday party. Keep doing it. If you haven't done it yet and you have a holiday party tonight, that's fine. Go do it. You're still going to benefit from it. I don't want people to think, well, if I add apple cider vinegar to my water and then I go eat anything I want, I'm going to wake up tomorrow 10 pounds lighter. No, I promise you that's not going to happen. Be consistent. You're not, it's not something you can drink and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to drop two pant sizes and tomorrow you're going to need a whole new wardrobe. No, it's something you're going to notice the benefits over time. The more consistent you are, the better. And specifically with blood sugar levels and reducing cravings and reducing appetite. It's really helpful when you're in these situations where there's lots of food, you're drinking more than usual, you may be eating more than usual. But I just feel the need to do this little side rant because I can't tell you how many people I see, how many clients, and even just people I talk to that, you know, they find your dietitian, they have a million questions, fine. No one wants to do the work. 
Everyone's looking for a quick fix. Everyone's looking for one answer. First of all, there's no one answer that's going to help everyone with all their problems. And there's no quick fixes. And I think at this point in my 32 years, you know, I have some wisdom. I'm not the wisest person in the world. I'm 32. But like, I don't understand why so many people struggle to recognize there's no such thing as a quick fix. Commit to the work. Do the work. Yeah, it'd be great if we could lose 30 pounds in a month. Did it take you a month to put that 30 pounds on? No. Are you going to, you know, be a superhero because you start drinking apple cider vinegar? No. But I can tell you there's a lot of benefits to it. And if you're consistent and you stick with it over time, you're going to recognize these benefits. And the fact that it's such a little effort, I'm like, why wouldn't you try it? So that's just something to consider. I find too with like supplements, even like hair products, beauty products, people, you know, anti-aging, they try something once like, oh yeah, I still have my wrinkles. Like, well, you use the cream one time. Your your entire face isn't going to be restructured. This isn't Kim Kardashian like going in for surgery, coming out with a brand new face. Like use the whole thing of cream, use the full bottle of supplements, use the whole thing of shampoo or conditioner before you decide, oh, it doesn't work or, oh, this actually works. I'm seeing results. Buy the apple cider vinegar, use the entire bottle a little each day, you know, to last you a few weeks because you're only doing a little bit in that water every day. Then decide, have you noticed anything different? How are your cravings? How's your appetite? It's like, I wish I had an instant fix for people because, you know, I'm here to help people. That's what brings me joy. And that's part of being a dietitian. But it's like, again, this goes back to being realistic about things and, you know, setting realistic goals. And for whatever reason, as humans, we resist the fact that there's no such thing as a quick fix. So anytime someone proposes a quick fix, like the keto diet that I addressed last week, oh, it worked for them. They lost 50 pounds. Yeah, but there's no such thing as a quick fix. And no matter how many times you, you tell people that, no one will believe you. It's they. I've never seen humans resist something the way we resist accepting and acknowledging and truly believing the fact that there are no quick fixes. Do the work. You'll get the results you want. You'll be in a better shape physically, mentally, emotionally. You're going to feel better. You're going to have actually healthier, better routines in place. And that's going to last you much longer than a quick fix that helped you drop 30 pounds in two months. And now you're like, how do I maintain it? Oh my God, that was so quick. Now I have all this loose excess skin. Like, yeah, well, it's crazy to me. Okay, sorry for that was, you know, that's been two rants. It's a lot of ranting today. But the point is try the apple cider vinegar. It's minimal effort, maximum benefit. Do not expect to turn into a superhero after adding a tablespoon of it to your water. Stay consistent with it. Number four, this too is one of my favorite tips. Go in with a game plan. And now it sounds silly, but I can tell you most people don't do this. Most people aren't thinking through, okay, I'm gonna have one dessert. I'm gonna have no desserts. I'm gonna have two alcoholic beverages. I'm gonna have no alcoholic beverages. I'm gonna have water in between each alcoholic beverage. Have a game plan. Go in, you don't need to write it down. This doesn't need to be a formal document. You know, you don't need a, a signature. You don't need a notary. Just know in your mind. Okay, there's going to be a big buffet table. I'm going to go to the buffet table one time. I'm going to allow myself one dessert. I'm going to have a max of three drinks with water in between each drink. Have some sort of game plan laid out. We like structure. We like to be told what to do. We like to be told what not to do. And some people don't. And I understand that. However, I find people are more successful when they have guidelines to adhere to. So it's easy to grab everything when you're at these parties. 
you're drinking, you're eating, you're chatting, you lose track of what you've actually had, especially in these situations where it's a big table with a bunch of food or it's past appetizers. You're not, you know, when you're in a seated dinner, you have one plate and you see what you're eating. When it's past apps over three hours or a buffet table, you go back to three times. It's hard to keep track of everything you've had. So, you know, and and that leads to a lot of mindless eating. So have a game plan in mind. Another thing I recommend with having a game plan, be cognizant of where you are. Don't plant yourself by the buffet table or by the door where the past apps come in and out of, you know, like the kitchen door. This is just increasing your FaceTime with the food and giving you the opportunity to grab more food. And come on, let's be honest. How many times have you been at a holiday party or any party, but like especially a holiday party, like work events, whatever, and you find yourself speaking to someone you don't want to fucking talk to? And you're mindlessly just looking at them, listening to them yap, and they keep, you know, walking by with trays and you're just grabbing food, grabbing food, grabbing food because you're bored. For whatever reason, you can't escape them. You're not talking. They're boring. So it's easy to mindlessly grab for the stuff or you chug your drink. You're like, oh, got to get out of here. Stay clear of this. Be cognizant of where you are, especially in these situations when there is a likely chance you're going to be talking to someone who you don't necessarily want to be speaking to and it's easy to resort to food and drink to, you know, get you through and and entertain you during their little soliloquy there where you can't get a word in. But you know, stay away from the table, stay away from that door in and out of the kitchen where, you know, the first you know, the where the waiters come in and out of. I find that's really helpful. Um try to be in the middle, in the crowd and away from the food. My final tip, if you've overdone it, jump right back in. Keep the negative self-talk to a minimum. Now, that's so much easier said than done in every regard of life, negative self-talk versus positive self-talk. I'm going to frame this in a way I find may resonate differently than just, you know, jump in and be positive. Don't beat yourself up. I'm saying jump right back into routine. After a night of overdoing it or, you know, a big party, a lot of drinking, a lot of food, whatever it is, Your body's already in a state of stress. It's been metabolizing and clearing whatever alcohol you had, whatever any extra calories, sugar, whatever you indulged in. Don't stress the body out more, literally. It's processing these compounds. Now it's your job to feed yourself healthy, of course, healthy food, like we said, start strong. But it's it's your job to feed yourself healthy, positive thoughts to minimize any added stresses to your body. Negative self-talk directly impacts stresses on the body. It wears down our adrenals. It increases our cortisol, which is stress, our stress hormone, which is why it's even more important the day after overdoing it that your self-talk is on point. Acknowledge that you had fun at the party. You enjoyed seeing this person or that person, catching up with whoever. Now, get yourself excited to get back to 100. Get ready for that next party or event. What outfit are you wearing? Are you excited about that outfit? You want to feel good in it? Think about that. Don't think about last night. Don't think about you overdid it. Don't think about you're hungover or bloated or uncomfortable or constipated or dehydrated. There's so many ways your brain could go. Your body is already in a state of stress, processing the alcohol, processing the extra calories. Now do everything you can to support yourself to be positive and not further stress the body. So I always recommend after a party, an evening, try and wait at least 12 hours to break your fast the next day, which frankly, we should all be doing anyway. Um, Drink lots of water, add the apple cider vinegar to help stabilize your blood sugar levels. 
But when I say 12 hour fast, I mean, if you've, if you left the party at 9 PM, didn't have any calories, drinks, anything after that, wait until 9 AM before you would eat. It doesn't mean you have to eat right away, but try to maintain that minimum 12 hour fast. Traditionally, studies have shown that fasting 12 to 16 hours helps increase our insulin sensitivity, decrease our hunger because it decreases our hunger signaling hormone ghrelin, and it also decreases inflammation in the body when it's done consistently. Again, this is not like, oh, if you fast one day for 12 hours, miracle cure. No, but when you're consistent with it, these in studies have been shown. But so after overdoing it at a party, wake up, water immediately, get that apple cider vinegar in there. It's going to help blood sugar stabilization. Move your body if you can. And it does not need to be high intensity. I actually don't recommend high intensity. I recommend a walk, yoga, Pilates, get things moving, help ramp up the system, more water, take a noon, liquid IV. You know, those electrolytes are depleted, get some in there. And then when you're hungry and choose to eat and break that fast, do it the way we decided, the way we discussed for yesterday, have the protein, fiber, healthy fat breakfast, of course, drink more water, but you want those to help again, stabilize the blood sugar. Alcohol can send blood sugar on the roller coaster because it actually drops your blood sugar, which is why sometimes after having a drinking, you actually might wake up hungry because your blood sugar is lower and your body is working hard to one, process the alcohol, but two, to get those blood sugar levels stabilized. So that's where apple cider vinegar helps. You're already drinking water anyway. Get an electrolyte tablet in there. And back to business. Eat eat your first meal, solid, breakfast, uh, protein, fiber, healthy fats, and don't eat again until you're hungry. See how you feel. And I think it's really important, this not beating yourself up. It's great if you went and had a good time, It's even better if you set yourself up for success, went, had a good time, and feel good about your choices. That's an ideal situation. That's not perfect. And and you could have five holiday parties and two of them go that way. And the other three, you're like, you know what? I drank way too much. I feel like shit this morning. That could happen. But keep the negative self-talk to a minimum. Keep it positive. And if that doesn't really help you, I'd say look at it as you don't want to further stress out your body. And negative self-talk is just adding stress to an already stressed body. So do everything you can to support yourself. Be positive, water, apple cider vinegar, move that body. Now to sum it up, I give you five tips for staying on track all the time, but especially in holiday season, holiday parties. Don't skip your eating and don't undereat in anticipation of the meal or the party. Make sure you go in hydrated, drinking lots of water, ramp up those electrolytes, try the apple cider vinegar, go in with a game plan. And then the next morning, jump right back into routine, whatever that means, whether you veered off routine or not, get back into routine, keep the negative self-talk to a minimum, ramp up that positive self-talk and get excited for whatever's next. Another party, your day, seeing a friend, Keep it moving forward because beating yourself up about stuff you already consumed, whether it be food, alcohol, or both, it's literally useless. There is no way to undo it. Your body's stressed as it is, and you're not helping anyone. You're actually hurting yourself by doing the negative self-talk. So jump right back in. And, you know, I know this can be a stressful, tough time of year for people. And that can also lead, you know, to overeating, drinking more, just different triggers, being stressed out, being with family you don't like, or having to constantly be with coworkers at different, you know, lots of like client events, company dinners, whatever. 
I always encourage people to like try to give other people a break. You've got to remember that too. Like if you're stressed, they're probably stressed too. And it could be different from your stresses. But as we know, the holiday season can bring up all sorts of things for people. And if someone's really, you know, some people just suck. It's like stay the hell away from them. But if someone's really being difficult or, you know, they're being super annoying at the holiday party, whatever, you know, get away from them. Take care of yourself. But please keep in mind that, you know, when you're experiencing something, you're oftentimes not the only one. And I think that for me personally, I can tell you that makes some of these situations a little bit more palatable because I'm like, this person's a little annoying, but they're clearly anxious and I can only imagine why they're anxious. So I'm going to cut them some slack. Their topic of conversation is boring. So I can either walk away or I can change the topic to something I want. And then it's like an enjoyable conversation. So just always looking to make things, you know, the positive spin on them and keeping things light. Some things are not light and it's inappropriate to make them light. Some things can be made light. And, you know, the easier you go on yourself and oftentimes others, it's just more relaxing. And the whole experience overall is just more enjoyable for you and everyone else. So I hope everyone is having fun and whooping it up at these parties. Um, Obviously, stay hydrated. If there's one thing you take from this episode, I would say it's don't skip the meals and obviously water. Okay, I can't pick just one thing. Just take all of it. Uh, Five things. Remember them all. Have this memorized. There'll be a test later. Um, But no, set yourself up for success. This should be fun because it's a way for you to actually go into something knowing I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm also going to feel good at the same time and I'm going to feel better tomorrow than I would if I hadn't done this. So I encourage you to look at it like that. And that's it for Shit Talk this week. And I hope everyone has an amazing week. I'll see you next week on Shit Talk.